Welcome back, everyone, for the 14th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. As always, your host, Bob Tucker and Danny Woodcock are here with me in the studio. I'm actually in the room today. This is weird. I'm changing that, it yeah. up. <laughs> it does feel a little awkward, me being in the room. It's cool. And, you know, I, I just thinking about it. We, it's the 14th episode, but we had an episode zero. Right. So if you count that. And we had two special presentations. Right. right. So it's I mean, the 18th record or the, the 17th, 17th recording. The 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Although, I mean, you should start with zero when you count. So. No way. That's not Nobody that's not starts true. with zero. Everybody's. Yes. That's, no, no, that's zero's a, not a number. That's an extra rep at From the zero to one. I'm not doing 11 first, first iteration. <laughs> I don't even do 10. Uh, anyway, today we have with us Randy Ostra, who's Randy. the, the uh, president CEO of Prometica. Yep. Good interview. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Very interesting stuff going on with with them Nate, in Toledo. Nate had to be sure his house was spick and span when Randy was here. <laughs> my, my wife works for Prometica, so she was very worried about him coming to the house. <laughs> but I, I think I, the house is immaculate. Yeah, so. spick and span. I'm sure, I'm sure Steph was She's happy. just got yeah. Shout out <laughs> to Steph. Great. Great house you keep here. Um, so yeah, I think that was good and, uh, we're excited about what everybody thinks about that. I think this is the first episode we try uh, trivia on too. Oh yeah. D- a little d- Toledo well, trivia. I think we, we, we you we, did we, it on the, on uh, super fan. Oh yeah. And, and the, 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 the special presentations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you hear the trivia, which is okay. And I think, I think we actually, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> it's real okay. Cause I came up with it. It's too hard. The questions no, I, are just I think, too hard. I think we got these correct in this. Yeah. Episode. These ones weren't bad. It's yeah. the next couple that were real. Yeah. But let's see if the audience can figure that out. Um, you guys getting up into anything fun last weekend? We well, had the, we had the summer day, the yeah. February summer day last weekend. Yeah, last weekend <laughs> it was pushing 70 or something on Saturday. Yeah. It was like right? 68. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. We went to Wildwood and wandered around there, which was fun. Uh, then we went to, you guys will like this. I went to the Valentine Theater for a showing, a, a, a musical play of a rendition of Skippy John Jones' Snow What. What is that? I Crickets. No idea what Crickets. About. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured. It, it's a kind of an incomprehensible children's book series ah. called Skippy John Jones. It's this... Uh, Something that Marcus really likes. Yeah, it's a Siamese <laughs> cat who thinks he's a Chihuahua, what and, the? and it's it's <laughs> okay. That, that's the general premise, and then he goes on these little imaginary adventures. It made with me his... think of Ren and Stimpy for some reason when you described yep. it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that it's not that funny. And also, Ren and Stimpy was decided to actually not be designed for kids. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> After it aired on Nick Jr., they decided like half this the shows is actually on Nickelodeon. for adults. Yeah. yeah. Rocco then, worked at a sex opera. Shop <laughs> and yeah, then Nickelodeon, yeah, yeah. And we also went to the Wally game on Sunday, which was fun. Nice, uh, cool. they won two to nothing. Nice. My son dug it, except he was covering his ears most of the time because it was so loud. But, I mean, my dad's the same way, yeah. he has to have earplugs <laughs> if we go to any live event. He has yeah. to have earplugs I, for future reference. He's gonna have to have earplugs because it was kind of ridiculous. If but, he yeah. thought that was loud, loud, you probably shouldn't take him to a NASCAR race anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I know, even we, though he would probably think that was awesome. But my dad keeps trying to drag us to the Indy 500. If you if you and, go and to one of those with Marcus, get yeah. him like the big oh, head I, when, when I've been there, I, I've plugged in. No, you have to have ear protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that are at NASCAR races without ear protection are damaging their ears. Yep. And if it doesn't hurt them, it's because they've been going to NASCAR races since they were five with their dad who didn't make them wear ear protection and they can't actually hear. 
Or they're wearing the sweet hat with the two beers up here covering their ears and drinking in the stands. Today's health well, tips provided by... Yeah. <laughs> Some headphones built into your beer hat. <laughs> yep. What about you guys? Did you guys get outside today? I uh, got a round of Frisbee golf in at Ottawa Park. Cool. It was uh, actually not too... Usually it's kind of muddy after it's done snowing and stuff, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was very windy, and I wasn't at 11 over, so I was not... Not my best showing. <laughs> so, wow, eleven over. Yeah, you're yeah. bad at frisbee golf. Well, I mean, I'm usually I'm much better than that. <laughs> now, do you use the same par as the they're, actual golf course? They're I mean, all par three. They're all, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there, there's some that say par fours, but if you play by like the tournament rules, they're all. Par hey, threes. don't don't hit the table. Yeah, sorry, Nate. jeez, I just <laughs> edit myself. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Danny? Anything fun? Uh, honestly, I was. While you guys were going, I was thinking to myself, and I can't remember anything I did on Friday or Saturday, except the obvious so go you, out at So night. you drank a bit then. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> Danny uh, blacked out this weekend. All right. <laughs> no, no, I was good. I just don't really remember the what I did during the day. It probably wasn't much. A lot of Xbox. I know I went grocery shopping Saturday, so not that fun. Um, yeah. That was pretty lame this weekend. You sound Sorry, like guys. you're getting old or something, man. I am. Yeah. I'm grocery shopping in Xbox, man. That sounds like my weekend. <laughs> and going to Rite Aid to pick up some some <laughs> medicine that my health insurance wouldn't kick in yet because I just started at the new place. Yeah, There's a whole tangent. We don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah. But coming up this weekend is a couple fun things that I'm excited for and you guys might be excited for too. Uh, coming up today, since this will be released Thursday the 25th, will be Startup Toledo at Manhattan's. This week's startup will be featuring Matt Braun, the creator of Stetch Party TV's app. Uh, the event starts at 6. Check out StartupToledo.com for some more information. Or listen to our Gene Powell episode again if you listen to it again. <laughs> uh, and then Saturday, I'm real excited for this. So the gentleman that did our logo, uh, Jacob Parr, He's having a rule testing night at Black Cloister for their card game, Master Thief. So if anyone wants to come out, test the Me game. Me and Danny will be there for that one. Yeah, Bob we'll be is there. unfortunately skiing in the Alps this weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not the Alps. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm going up north. <laughs> right on. Uh, so yeah, Saturday at the Black Cloister, rule testing for Master Thief. You can check out facebook.com slash spargames for more information. And then quite a ways out, I got to plug this, uh, the Epic Birthday Bash is coming up April 1st. It's going to be, we're going to be downtown at the Armory in Hensville. It's not going to be even open yet. It doesn't open until like April 17th or something. But we're going to get in there before it opens and get the sneak peek. We're going to have a local DJ, uh, good friend of mine, Matt Muhat, aka DJ Sharkbait. He's going to be playing some old style, some new DJ music. Sharkbait. DJ Sharkbait. He's going to be <laughs> so playing new music with the old swing jazzy feel, like postmodern so he, jukebox. We've been right. DJ Chum. <laughs> chum bucket <laughs> dj chum yep so dj chum and the rest of epic will be at hensville on april 1st check that out at EpicToledo.com. gonna be a lot of fun and those are all the plugs i have thanks all, all right. right well without further ado here's uh randy ostra With us today is Randy Ostra. Thank you very much for being with us. Yeah, glad to be here. Did I pronounce your last name right? Right, Ostra. It's Ostra. Dutch. Okay. It's a Dutch name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I was a little unsure about that, and I didn't want to. It's not the phonetic, um, it's not the current, um, right pronunciation, but that's what mm -hmm. my family always said. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I'm within teachers, the realm. Teachers would correct us, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. And uh, you, you're the CEO of Prometica. 
Correct, correct. And involved with all sorts of stuff in Toledo. And, and right. we're here to talk about that stuff. Um, are, are, you, are you a Toledo native or are you from elsewhere? Um, uh, my wife and I grew up in northwest Iowa. Okay. Um, my wife grew up on a farm and my hometown is probably 3,000-ish people. Sure. Yeah, wow. so small town America. I spent a good two months this year traveling around rural Iowa. Really? So. Oh, <laughs> nice. So when we were first married, um, my wife worked for... Um, a company doing bank installations and I was a healthcare consultant. So we've been to every small town in the Midwest probably, oh, wow. uh, for about five, six years. <laughs> probably got sick of driving and uh, it's a lot, of driving, yeah. a lot of driving, yeah. Yeah. a lot of driving, a lot of, a lot of empty open space, flat yeah. cornfields. Right. And, yeah. Sounds like home. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you were, you were a healthcare consultant and is that kind of what led to your current position or, or how did, yeah. So I was 32 years old working with a group of doctors and um, a physician. I traveled with a lot asked me what was I going to be doing when I was 50 and I said you know what and um, what he was telling me was they get they were getting ready to sell the company so he and I had a variety of discussions so I looked at a variety of new careers and I had been working in healthcare so um, at 32 we had uh, one child another one on the way and we sold our house we <laughs> sold our cars we dropped all our insurance and we went back to school Wow. So, wouldn't bold, let my kids do that today. And move. we got a variety of part-time <laughs> jobs and to kind of pay our way through wow. school. And we started over at 32. And well, you're saying this. I'm 31. I'll be 32 this yeah. year. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, right. a six-month-old. And it's just that, that picture sounds very familiar. I just can't imagine. Start yeah. practice, start <laughs> and then go back to an apartment. Right, right. So we yeah. Back into an apartment in Minneapolis. We back to the University of Minnesota. Jeez. And started over. Yeah. And wow. Of course, when you start over, you start over at a very low income. Sure. And, uh, but it's worked out. So we were in Minnesota for a number of years, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Nice. Went to St. Louis, and then we came here about 20 years ago. Okay. You, what did you study when you went back? Um, I got a master's in hospital administration. Okay. And okay. Uh, it wasn't so much, uh, it, it was the strength of their alumni network. You know, it's... Right. Mm -hmm. Was there anything magical about that? I love to say it's the best program in the world. They, they would tell you that. It's all the alumni and <laughs> yeah. the jobs and getting access to jobs. And then, you know. That's um, really that's key to a lot of like graduate Yeah, I think programs. that sounds pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah. common just, in other places, too. Yeah, get in the door somewhere. I mean, that's always the key to anyone. And then, yeah. um, and then it's just a matter of working hard and getting along with people. Yeah. It's... It's not more, I don't think it's more magical than that. I mean, that's kind of how we all make our lives. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, when you came to Toledo, you, you came to be part of ProMedica. Where did you start in the whole pecking order there? So a guy I knew from Grand Rapids thought he was going to be president of ProMedica. So he recruited me to a certain job and then uh, he didn't get the job. Ah. Uh, he was, <laughs> we were pretty sure he was going to get the job. And then a gentleman named Alan Brass came from St. Louis and so he came, I was working at Toledo Hospital, and he knew um, one of my bosses from St. Louis and said, he said, you're good at strategy and business development type things. You want to do that? And sure. we talked about some different things. And I said, okay, I'll give that a shot. You yeah. know, I was working in operations at Toledo Hospital. And so did a variety of things over the years. And then um, uh, about, let's see, it's probably eight or nine years ago, yeah. I became the CEO of Prometica, and then about seven years ago, I became the CEO of Prometica. Nice. Yeah. So you know what that means. You got to quit your job, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. I like my job. Well, I was at, you know, um, um, I talked to some students the other day and somebody, of course, asked, how do I get your job? And I said, well, you know, uh, you work hard for 30, 40 years <laughs> yeah, right. and grace of God, you know, sure. you might get a shot, you know, sure. and, and the kid even said, he goes like, uh, I shouldn't call him a kid, but he goes, uh, that wasn't the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, but that's the way life works. That's, you know? right. that's yeah. why, you know, that's, there are no quick, easy luck. answers. Yeah. Right. A little bit. Yeah. 
And I'm a Toledo native, and you know I grew up in West Toledo, and I was born in Toledo Hospital. Just, oh, good. And my, both my kids were born there. But it, to, to me, it really seems like you guys have have really grown since just since my consciousness in Toledo. Right. Um, and I thought that's just something to note, and it's pretty impressive that we've had pretty significant growth, um, yeah. especially over the last decade. Is kind of healthcare. Sure. Um, like anything else, there's a lot of pressures in healthcare just because of the mm-hmm. um, yeah. the healthcare model, business model is very screwed up. Yeah. Uh, and you have to have a certain size, a scale and scope to really make it, um, just to be yeah. efficient enough to really stay profitable. And that's right. uh, that's driven a lot of the growth in this country. Right. I, I know at least in, in this maybe getting into the weeds a little, at least in my practice, we see a, in the past, I don't know, 10 years, a, a lot of physician groups being now employed by the hospital right. groups as opposed to being independent, which they were in the past and mm-hmm. things like that. But anyway, um, so what do you think about Toledo now? Did, when you first came here, were you like, eh, I don't know about this place? Or what was your first impression of Toledo? So we lived in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which, sure. nice. you know, um, Money Magazine, a lot of times it said it's the number one place to live in yeah. a small community. Um, 100,000-ish when we lived there. Very white collar, a lot of credit card companies um, okay. because of the banking laws in South Dakota. Went to Minneapolis, Twin Cities. Yep. Great place Hurts. to live. Beautiful. It's a great city. It's a little cold there. Yeah. <laughs> I have a son there. It's a little cold there. Um, and then uh, we went to Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, another great city, and then St. Louis and Toledo. And I would say that of those experiences, I would put Toledo on par with all those cities. Um, I would say that Toledo was the easiest to move into, yeah. okay. uh, and it was easiest to acclimate, the easiest to um, kind of you know move forward. Yeah. Some of the other cities were a little more difficult to you know meet people, meet friends, get involved. Mm-hmm. So you know uh, we've chosen to stay here for twenty years. Raised our we have three sons, rose, uh, raised our three sons here, and uh, we'll retire here. So yeah, we like Toledo a lot. Yeah. You know, um, I awesome. think we know the people who move to Toledo are a lot of times more positive than the people. Who right. grew up here yeah and i think a little bit it's about your perspective so you move in and you look at all the great things now other people i think sometimes look at it from well 50 years ago we had this and that and that sure. well right it's changed and we need to change with it but yeah. uh, we we love it here we think it's a great um you look at the amenities for a city of this size and we know that list yeah um we're very fortunate yeah you, you, something you said there I, i've heard somebody else say too about how and I, in my experience, it's been true. People who come from elsewhere and come here often have a much more positive and, frankly, realistic view of Toledo than than people who were born and raised here and have like a jaded and cynical. Wasn't it Joe? View. Joe Napoli yeah, saying yeah. about that. The, yeah. the older generation is like, oh, the things. Well, it's the not way just the age. Seven sisters. Yeah, it's right. not. I mean, the age is one part of it, but it's also you know coming from an outside perspective and having seen. Other places, so you have something to compare it to. It's not. Sure. Right. Whereas if, you, if you're raised here in a vacuum, I, I think that's part of the yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, you just go, you know, everything from the sports that we know of. You've got AAA sports. You, you've you got um, a great zoo, you know, probably one of the best in the United States. You've got an art, you know, um, the art museum. That's, that's one of the amazing. top 10 collections of the United States. Amazing. you got a great symphony, an opera that doesn't exist in most major cities yeah. in the country. You've got great schools. I mean, you start putting it all together, um, uh, you know, you got uh, Division One sports and a lot of other great schools. You know, if you could rearrange the parts and create some density, <laughs> right. but I think uh, that'll happen over a period of time, yeah. especially if we fill in a few. Um, Toledo's not that far away. Yeah, it's just going to take a couple little things and uh, a couple you know, little uh, gap areas. We yeah, there's hit. gap areas. Yeah. Um, we have this 22nd Century Committee, which is looking at downtown. Mm-hmm. 
we um, hired a, um, an architectural firm that did the plan for Columbus and Louisville, uh, MKSK. And they, um, what they would say is if you looked at Toledo, like just from an aerial view, it just doesn't have enough density to be a walkable city. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes sense. You know, um, every five minutes you have to see activity. Yeah. And the problem is we have some barricades and some things. So if we could fill in a few spots and create some spots where you could walk and say, okay, I'm in Hensville and I can walk here and I can walk there. Very quickly, it becomes a much more walkable, livable city. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully out of this, we'll get some ideas on how to do yeah. that. An example of, well, not an example. I saw some presentation somewhere where if you take the, uh, if you overlay the, the, the map of Franklin Park Mall over downtown, they're about the same size, huh. right? Yeah. And, right? But people view it as... I think Joe told us that, too. Yeah, yeah. no, but if, if you view it as, oh, you know, I'm, I'm down in the warehouse district versus up uh, uptown on Adams, you, you, people don't think, oh, I should just walk from one to the other, when really it's right. not that yeah. distant. But part of it is, though, that you want to see activity. So, you know, sure. if, you, if you think about any big city, you walk, on, if you're a new person, you walk on the street and you start looking around, you don't see anybody, you go like, is this safe? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's right or wrong. I mean, and so yeah. if you saw there's some shopping, there's a business, there's some street activity. Livelihood. There's, no. you know, some, there's a little restaurant out on the street and you would walk those things. And I think, you know, when you start looking at things that are going potentially downtown if you could connect a few of those um we're pretty excited that that yeah that's um in reach fairly soon and, yeah. and speaking of downtown uh Permetica's moving its headquarters downtown right. um I, I imagine most people are aware of that at this point but uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the process of, of coming to that decision and 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 sure the timeline from here on out yeah so um you know as we've grown um we've added a number of communities hospitals so mm -hmm. Um, what had happened is we were growing, you know, sometimes when you're in a, a rapid growth mode, you're just growing <laughs> and then you step back one day and you realize, so we have system employees in 17 locations in Toledo and they are scattered all over the place. So, um, they're in buildings we own, buildings we lease, we lease floors in buildings and, um, you know, it's, um, everything you would think about. Is it efficient? No. Is it effective? No. Is it good for culture? No. Is it good for communication? Yeah. No. People driving all over. So we said, yeah, this really makes no sense. And especially as you look at employee engagement and what happens. So we said we should put everybody together. So we went through a process. Initially, we said, well, we're clinically based, so we want to be close to a hospital so mm -hmm. people always understand why, you know, what their job is, right. especially yeah. in support services. But when we look at valuable land, like around Toledo Hospital, we couldn't figure it out because it's tight there and you just couldn't do it. And again, it's like, you really need to be there. But the idea was to put everybody together. So we, we have land in Arrowhead and Maumee and a couple other places. So we looked at that for a while. And really this whole notion is, um, um, so we're in the health business, um, we're in the wellness business, well-being business. Mm -hmm. And really, um, if you think about making an investment in a downtown, that creates jobs, that creates a better city, that's good for people, that should be in our mission. So um, in talking to our board, we said, boy, if we could figure out the right area downtown, of course, you have the steam plant there. and uh, Which has been empty for years. Um, yeah, yeah, forever, 30 yeah. years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a fantastic building, um, a Daniel Burnham building, architect of Chicago, um, landscapes, um, the book Devil in the White City, Daniel Burnham. And uh, <laughs> it's just great jewel. And then you have the Key Bank building, which is another, um, architecturally they don't fit very well together, but it's another great building. And the way banks have changed, and yep. a lot of that stuff gets centralized. So. We started talking to Dave Ball at the steam plant, Jim Hoffman, and uh, it kind of looked like it might work out. And so one of the things we decided we could fit about a thousand people there. Um, ultimately, we could move another thousand. Um, we have some ideas of how we'd figure it out. 
We were very concerned about parking. A lot of our people, you know, have proximate parking. Our people work all different hours. Sure. We're very accommodating of different shifts and things. So, you know, uh, people go put them in remote lots. Well, if I'm walking out nine o'clock at night um, and I'm in a remote lot and it's very difficult, not, not saying there's a security issue, but it's just not the, the situation we wanted. Plus, if, you know, um, when you talk to the um, folks that are in the retail business and the commercial development business, they'll tell you there isn't that much parking downtown. So you put a thousand people, you scatter around, it would <laughs> impact the other buildings that wouldn't have parking. So oh, we yeah. said, well, if we could do the first thousand, the second thousand, we will probably have to use other parking, mm -hmm. but at least it would get us um, the first piece, and we thought it was important. So, you know, a little bit of angst over that. Um, sure. It's always yeah. hard to know how much it really was because I think we hype up things when things happen. Right. So the idea was to put an underground parking facility, um, and that's what we're doing. And then on the end, um, where Ford Industry Square is, there is a, a tower. But our goal is to create that space as kind of a millennium park space. And if you think about it, you could be a be a great space in the uh, weekends. Yeah, park there, walk out under the water. You could see a lot of things coming back there, and between that and Hensville, have some great oh, yeah. venues for yeah. that's a good for walk, entertainment. Definitely. That's a that's yeah. a real doable walk. So yeah, is that building? Right. Is it just being completely torn down? Are you keeping the original building, or how's that all work? Yep, keeping both buildings. So uh, if you walked into the steam plant today, it's a box. Right. It is, <laughs> a real is, big box. Yeah, a big box. And there's steel all inside of it. And the reason the steel is inside of it, and if it went in there, there's these um, X cross beams and everything. It's so okay. the building doesn't fall down. <laughs> sure. So the, the, they're removing the steel, and then we will create four floors in that building. Oh, wow. And then the uh, um, key bank building is just a renovation. So we're a renovated um there's some um, walls that, that kind of feed into the atrium that will turn to glass that'll make it much more open okay. uh, look feel. Cool. So um, yeah, so we uh, uh, are keeping the buildings as is. We might do some, we're talking about trying to change the exterior look a little bit of the key bank building. Not that we would touch the building, but maybe with some vertical elements yeah. to kind of break up the whiteness of it all. Yeah. When you so, say the key bank building, do you mean the, the tall key bank tower no, or is there another one? It's three Seagate. It's, yeah. okay. right, it's, it's that triangle building in front of the steam plant. Okay. I yeah. got to familiarize myself. Yeah. I just moved this week. So okay. Yeah. Hard right. right in front, right in front of the steam plant, there's okay. this, this building. So those will be our two buildings. Mm -hmm. And then there's a street between it called water street, which we would love to see more of a kind of an, urban sort of walkway yeah. for employees and people in the summer. And all yeah. That. I mean, okay. I've, wa I've walked down there on, on water street and stuff in the summer, just, just to take a walk from, yeah. from work. And, and it's, you know, not many people do that, but it, I mean, you're right by the, by the river and it, it's a nice place to eat your lunch nice and yeah. stuff like that. Well, and just even with just the employees in the building would be enough to support little local businesses <laughs> right? and, yeah. and yeah. little lunch places. Nice and hot stuff. dog so vendor. That'd be, yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> so we're going to build a, an addition onto the back. So it's a historic building. So um, three of the sides um, have been historically preserved. So we can't, we have to retain those. Sure. On the back side toward the water, if you see it, it's just a big blank. Yeah. And so that has been beat up enough where that's not historically preserved. <laughs> so we'll build an addition onto that and that will be all glass. That's okay. an, an addition on the oh, steam wow. plant or the, um, to the steam plant, okay. which will be on the water. So then yeah. if you think about that. And so you'll have the glass side facing the water? Yeah, so then oh, yeah, nice. as an employee, you'd be there and um, it'll create a lot more activity on the water. Yeah. And then with the park, we think there's going to be some opportunities there as well. Um, we're trying to recruit a good coffee shop for the parking deck. We'll have some retail space in it over the park. 
And then um, we've had some people interested in putting a restaurant on the first floor of oh, Key bet. Bank, of course, which would be nice. Yeah. And then yeah. the, the Y is going to relocate to the basement. So in that building, you'd have the Y. Really? And then a restaurant, hopefully. And then our people above. We originally weren't going to do a restaurant. Well, we weren't thinking that. But yeah. because of some interest, we we're kind of changing our plans. Sure. From a, and we think retail is important to get more retail activity. Mm -hmm. Do you have a an estimate as to as to when people will start moving to be working downtown? Or? Yeah, it's 2017, so okay. construction's underway. So, if you went out there today, you would start seeing that you know they're doing like um, tie into infrastructure, so they're they're okay. digging some holes. But um, toward the summer, they will excavate the um, you know the under underground parking deck, and um, um, so. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's my phone. Uh, so, uh, um, so yeah, we'll start excavating, and then steel will be going up, uh, you know, later in the year. So by seventeen, um, summer seventeen will be the opening. So about a year cool. from this summer. Yeah. So we're we're already talking about throwing a, a really good party. Of on course. The river yeah. Yeah. In um, in the summer of seventeen. There we go. Yeah. I can't wait to work out in there. There's a Y. Isn't there a Y downtown right now? There is, and they've been looking to relocate. So um, we've been Where chatting is it right with now? them. Um, I think it's the old. Riverside, yeah, the old Riverside Hospital. Up, um, I think it's on Eleventh Street. There. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been some discussion. I think um, I think Toledo Public Schools is in that building now, and they're, they've been looking for another site for a while. So yeah, we've been working with them on that. Yeah. Cool. I'm really excited to see that uh, the glass window from the dock side. That building you can see really well right now, but it doesn't look like anything. So that's going to look phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of other. Um, there's some interest in. A, Boat shuttle going back and forth between the docks. <laughs> um, there's some people looking at lighting on the bridges. Oh, wow. Which you could kind of do a kind of a nautical mile sort of theme. Yeah. Um, there's some folks talking about connecting that site up to the middle grounds uh, for the metro parks. So really then it creates, you know, A, creating more walkable, but B, again, more activity creates yeah. more more yeah. activity. More of that density you were talking sure. about. Sure. Yeah. Sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier about that 22nd Century Committee, and then we got off, but I wanted to know a little more about that. So Joe came in here and was talking about it, too. You and Joe are both on the 22nd right. Century yep. Committee? Yep. Who, who else is? Um, you know, so Bob LeClaire and I, Bob LeClaire from Fifth Third, um, yeah. chairs it. So we have Bruce Baumauer from the UAW, um, um, Brian Kennedy from the Art Museum, Richard Hyland from the Hyland Group, Steve Cavanaugh from HCR Manor Care, uh, Mike Thamens from Owens Corning says, so I shouldn't start naming people. I'm going to start forgetting <laughs> people. Um, you know, so we have um, a cadre of downtown businesses. Okay. Um, we have um, a person from the city and a person, a staff person from the county there. It's not a, um, it's a, um, it's not a public entity. It's a private entity, but they're mm -hmm. there just to kind of see what's going on. Um, and so we've got a, a, a mix of Bob Howell from SSOE architects. Oh, yeah. um, I'm just trying to go around the room. Jim the, White. From what's Schmicker. the overall goal of the group? So, you know, um, it's interesting. So you look at any downtown, um, whether it's Columbus, it all started, you know, you look at the steps of creating a, a vital downtown. You need, yeah. a plan, you need a vision, you need a plan. And there's been a lot of plans uh, in Toledo in there over the years. They can cite a lot of plans, but right. nobody uh, has created a plan and really owned a plan. And in a lot of cities, um, there's a, a development corporation that really takes an active role. Mm -hmm. Usually they're um, privately based. And that they get really active. So in Cincinnati, for example, it's the 3C DC group. And they have had a huge role in the transformation of Cincinnati. It's privately funded. It's privately driven. 
And really the idea there is to make sure that development gets done, that buildings get reclaimed, that they don't you know, sit in, in people just not doing anything with them. Yeah. So the notion is to try to take those initiatives working with public entities um, and trying to, to, to get things done. So, you know, in talking to uh, Mayor Collins, um, mm -hmm. chatted with him about creating a new group, and he was all for it, so we chatted and said we would get a group together, and if he would champion that, we would create this group, and we privately would fund a, a consultant to come in and do a new plan. Oh, wonderful. And then we'd like to keep the group going to own the plan, so in other words, mm -hmm. you keep working at it. So we're focused on two things. One is, so we went through this process, we got, got some folks together. Uh, of course, unfortunately, Mayor Collins um, passed away. So then, you know, talking to Paula Hicks Hudson, she was supportive as well. So we got the group together. Um, we organized ourselves. We said, we've got two areas. We want to look at this development corporation idea and we want to look at this master plan. So really got two focus areas. So um, uh, we went through a, an RFP process, selected a consultant, MKSK. Uh, they are in the process of doing public meetings. There's one next week downtown at the library. We're expecting a big crowd. So it's a great opportunity. Um, it'll be very participative. Um, it's People go like, well, we're, we're, we're going to come and hear the plan. It's yeah. like, well, no, you're not. You're going to come and talk about what your ideas are. <laughs> okay. And they have some initial ideas. But the idea is to create this plan. And once the plan, we were hoping to be kind of in and out this year, get yeah. the plan done and move forward. It, these things always take longer. Right. So probably by next summer, we'll have the plan. And then what we're trying to work on is this development arm. And then this development group will continue to own and work that plan. Yeah. And we're hoping to keep all these same companies. So we looked at all the companies that are in a you know, big downtown and, um, you know, yeah. um, and people from the arts, entertainment, and then uh, um, corporately and say, okay, if we could get you all together and we could all work together, what could we achieve? So that's the notion. People have been very supportive. They've come to the meetings. We've got the architects. We've got a plan for the development corp. So mm -hmm. by the summer, um, we'll have a plan and we'll have a, a process to yeah. go forward. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that. You know, a big one of the two focuses is executing the plan and 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 going. You know, owning it and going forward with it. I mean, just from my own experience with stuff. I mean, a lot of times, all the efforts put into making the plan and then. Right. Nothing happens. <laughs> and, you know, the city has challenges. I mean, it's budget challenges. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there's just basic, you know, um, Steve Madewell um, this summer said, um, called when it said, can, can we go for a walk? So we walked from the farmer's market to our new offices. And you can't do it. <laughs> you really can't do it. I mean, you can, but it's not It's not logical. It's not easy. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's, it's just a matter of, again, we can do better. And uh, there's some some small things that would go a long ways to make things a little more accessible. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's part of the issue there. There, um, There's some big things to do. There are probably some, be some big ideas, but a lot of it is just kind of connecting the dots and working with people. Um, you know, in a lot of cities, you want density. You don't, we have parking a lot of places downtown. Yeah. You know, a lot of, think of sure. all the open lots you have. Sure. Um, if you talk to the architects, they go, there ought to be buildings there. Right. And there ought to be street traffic there. Yeah. And that's how you create, and we don't think that way, but, but I think <laughs> what'll come out of this is that notion. So yeah. we're excited about it. We, um, we've had great support. The money for the consultants was raised, um, basically just sending out an email asking companies to support it and we raised enough money to do it. So I um, think everybody's that. anxious to <laughs> move forward. Everybody's anxious. Now you mentioned uh, an open forum downtown. Right. 
what what can I expect? I plan to go to that. What should yep. I come with? So uh, MKSK is the architects mm-hmm. um, based out of Columbus. They are going to talk a little bit about the process, what we're doing, some initial observations. Okay. And they have seven or so areas that they are going to ask you to basically oh, go to different stations. And it's a whole variety of topics. And they're going to ask your opinion. Cool. And what you think. Is so, there, yeah. Um, so that's one way, you know, other people can get involved. Is there yep. any other way we can help you guys with your mission? Yeah, there's a website, and then there's also a, a location downtown, a storefront that people can drop in. And where's that at? I don't know that. <laughs> Listeners, Google it. Um, I want to say it's by the chamber. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, that's fine. The chamber yeah. is a real nice building. Which I yeah, think. I well, got to say it's right there, but yeah. Right. Um, and another thing that you guys have done downtown uh, is the, I'm going to mispronounce this name, Abide or Ebide, Ebide uh, right. Institute for, for Popul- Popul- Population, Population Health. Health. Right. That's kind of in the, it's on Madison, kind of uptowny. 18th and Madison. Yeah. That's where that, the market on the right. market yeah. Is. Yeah. right. yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we, when we think about healthcare, we think about a person's health and well being. So we talk a lot um, about the social determinants of health. So if you look at your own health, 20% of your health is really kind of based on your experience in healthcare. You know, if you think about it, it makes sense. You don't hang out with doctors or (laughs) ERs, but the other part is related to your genetics, 20, 25%, but 50 to 60, 50 to 60% of who you are is based on the social determinants. Where'd you grow up? Who your parents were? Did you go to school? Did you get a job? Did you have mentors? Did you have opportunities? Mm-hmm. Were you in sure. a gang? Did you take drugs? I mean, what all happened in your life is more important. So when you look at a person's health and well-being, those things are important. So um, the more we've looked at that, a number of years ago, we started looking at obesity. Um, and we had these big maps that we took into schools that were learning created. And our trainers came back and kept on talking about hunger. Mm-hmm. So we got very focused on hunger as a health issue a number of years ago. Okay. And um, it's a huge, people try to make it a welfare issue, but it's actually a huge issue relative to a person's um, hunger. So there are food deserts in communities, yeah. food deserts, you don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, which most people go, so so what? Well, if people don't have transportation, so many people think in terms, of, well, just get in your car and drive somewhere. Well, a lot of people don't have that opportunity yeah. to to get mm-hmm. to places. And if you put a market into a uh, place that is a food desert, it, it's it been shown to have a huge impact on people's lives. So um, um, we have people that are food insecure. Um, if you look nationally, it's about 14%. So these are people who sometime during the month don't have food. Right. Um, sing, um, uh, uh, households with children, it's about 19%. Mm. Single moms and kids, it's about a third. So Jeez. there are times, in, um, um, so people try to make SNAP benefits, a discussion about welfare and, and politics. It's really a hunger issue and people run out of benefits. Yeah. The benefits um, in order to make those go further, they buy things to extend their diets that aren't good for you. Right. So we've been screening for hunger um, in our hospitals, in our doctor's offices. By next year, we will have screened everyone. Uh, we provide short-term food needs. Mm-hmm. We reclaim food out of venues, uh, food that's prepared, not served. So we've um, really? reclaimed about a quarter of a million pounds of food. Jeez. Um, that's impressive. The number one place we go is Hollywood Casino. Right. So we have two people that go in there at night and take food and repackage it and goes to food banks. And Man, that is mission. a really awesome program. Yeah, it is good. I mean, it helps. And then um, we do have food pharmacies where doctors can write prescriptions for people to talk to dietitians and get food. 
Um, and uh, so we have food pantries. And then, um, so this other idea was this market. So mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Ebide, who lives in Detroit, but um, is very gracious to Toledo, he heard us talk about it and said, I might be interested. So he gave us a million and a half dollars. And uh, the city gave us that building. It was a beautiful architectural, nice, nice yeah. building. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with his generosity, this market is on the first floor. And then the second floor, we're building out a teaching kitchen. Um, we're going to do some classes for the neighborhood um, and uh, both training classes, financial literacy classes. We'll put some healthcare services there as well. And then we've got some other ideas to work in that neighborhood. So yeah. we'd like to replicate that model. So, yeah. but again, it's through um, uh, Russ Ebide's generosity, sure. we were able to do that. But the idea is again about remarkable. that's how you change communities and work right. in people's lives. It's those social conditions and improving awesome. their health, right? right. Ultimately, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I know the market is open now. It yes. opened recently. It's going. Yeah, it's done great yeah. so far. We've yeah, that was been my, very pleased. That was yeah. my next question. Yeah, so, no, yeah. it's doing great. I mean, uh, um, the first week was great. Um, and every week's continue to build and uh, I think that's going to be my new grocery store. Yeah, I mean, it's drawn a huge radius. Place. We've got people from all over. So not only is it serving the neighborhood, it's serving downtown. It's yep. serving, we've had people come from Sylvania, of all things. Uh, so, yeah, it's really, um, really been a nice, wow. uh, nice niche. That's cool. pretty impressive. Yeah. And we have some other ideas of how we would like to, you know, continue to work um, out of that center for the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I have some fun stuff for you guys. I came up with a couple Toledo trivia questions to test your guys' knowledge. Don't, oh, no. <laughs> don't feel too bad yeah, yeah, about yeah. these. Straight off the Wikipedia article. Um, <laughs> all right. Number one, uh, Nate, don't answer these. Cause, well, I, I, yeah, we good luck, guys, because I was stumped on most <laughs> of those. He got one. Okay. All right. Number one, there are four Fortune 500 companies in the Toledo region. Can you name them? And I'll give you a clue. Finley counts as the Toledo region. Okay. So you yeah. should get one. So we got Marathon. Yeah, dang. Um, Owens Corning. Yep. Um, Owens, Illinois. Yep. Uh -oh. And Dana. Nailed nice. it. Yeah, there you go. All right. That was uh, easier than you made those? it out. Hey, I think uh, I might have forgotten Dana. Okay. Yeah. Number two. What did, He's going to nail this one. What year did the University of Toledo merge with the Medical University of Ohio? Medical College of Ohio? Well, it did change names a few times. I, I could guess. I think Take it was. Well, um, I'm going to say like 05 or 06. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say uh, 95. What do you got? Oh, five. Oh, six. Oh, six. Yeah. Oh, six. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I guess so. It wouldn't be yeah. the 90s. Yeah, I'm there. Right. That's right. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Uh, number three. Yeah. This one's going way back. In 1615, Etienne Brulé was the first European to visit the Toledo area, and he set up a very lucrative trading post for which very old trading industry? Think Fur. very old. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Fur. Fur. Minks. I don't know. Yeah. Fur. Fur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Minks. Nate, we need a bell when they get these right. <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, it's great. You know, Ford Industry Square, if you ever know the history of that in the Swan Creek. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't. I need to, yeah. though. Yeah. All right. Uh, number number four. What year was the Toledo Museum of Art founded? I would say... You're a member, so you better know. Well... <laughs> I'm on the board. I should know that. <laughs> so he really should know. Um, um, I'm going to say it's probably around 100 years old, so I'm going to say 1915. Yeah, uh, I, I'd guess pre-Depression, so it, like 1910, I'll say. 1901. Oh, okay. 1901. Yeah, I, I wanted to say they had a... Yeah, I think they did have a 100-year yeah, anniversary. Yeah. I, know this, I couldn't remember what yeah. it was. All right, this last yeah. one. Kind of easy, kind of cool also. In 1818, resettlement began after the War of 1812, and Toledo was divided. A Cincinnati group had bought a 974-acre tract on the mouth of Swan Creek and named it Port Lawrence, modern-day downtown Toledo. Another group founded the town of Vistula. 
the historic North End. These two towns physically bordered each with what street dividing them? Hmm. Oh, come on. I got this one. Yeah, this is the only one. <laughs> the Cherry Street? What you got? Yeah. Yep, Cherry Street. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to think street is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. I'm like, learning more about downtown since we're moving <laughs> there. So, if you look yeah. on one right. end of Cherry Street, yeah. the houses face a certain direction. And then if you look at the other way, they're a little tilted, according yeah. to Wikipedia. Thanks, Really? Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was my fun part. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dan. Right. <laughs> we'll this is sure. hard work. I didn't realize you were going to make me work this <laughs> Well, that's the first time we've done the trivia thing. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. I, I came in and just told them yep. this morning. I was like, yeah. Um, one thing we like to ask people is, is there some hidden gem in Toledo that you know about that you think, well, more people need to know about this? Please don't say the Metro Parks. You Everybody know. says oh, the no. Metro Parks. Yeah. So there's a building, um, downtown Ford Industry Square. Yeah. Um, it is uh, just beautiful building. Architecturally, it's significant. It's on the water. Um, you know, it, uh, it's a gem. I mean, if you walk through it, um, it has a, a restaurant on one end that if you walked in today... Clean the windows. Um, it, I can't remember what what it's been in its history. Mm -hmm. Is that the, the old jazz club? I think it is. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. yeah I mean, was, it's just a great, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, architecture. You put that. You take that building anywhere in the United States on the water. Yeah, um, it would be just a huge place. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's um, it's on Summit, just uh, on the other side of the park from where you guys are going to be, right? Is, yeah, that's right. where. Um, um, what was it called? Michaels. The jazz place? No, it wasn't Michael's. No, that's not. It the was. It, it was the Murphy's. jazz. Murphy's. Murphy's. It was Murphy's. It a, uh, like a Mickey Finn's or something at once. Uh, too. That was uh, that there. I don't. Know. I don't. Yeah. Murphy's I was too the young. like. Yeah. Uh, are you thinking like kind of the the downside by the river? Uh, toward the park, right at that corner, there was a jazz club. Yeah, there for, was. Yeah, for decades. Right. And then the, the Main Street restaurant is just. I mean, it's yeah. ornate. It's um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's what That's we good. need. We need more jazz clubs and dueling piano bars. Yeah. I don't know about, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. dueling piano bars. Those yeah. are just Come like on. bachelorette party magnets. Well, That's I mean, what I'm yeah. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. Trying to crash yeah. the bachelorette party. But even some retail in there, a mixed use sort of. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be, uh, and again, you just add that again to what around from Hensville and everything else. Sure. I mean, it would just be another great place to bring back. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll see more of that as we're moving forward here with all this new development it just mm -hmm. triggers other development as you start to get more and more people coming downtown it'll become more popular to put stuff downtown so well, i mean it, it, it even has in the past is, I don't yeah, know, 10 yeah. years i mean yeah. in my memory it's yeah i can remember moving here i know i've said this before when i first moved to toledo you didn't go downtown like you like you were saying earlier mm -hmm. you'd be downtown and you'd walk out there wouldn't be anybody you would no one would be around you know it's just like okay this is a little scary uh, right. yeah. standing room only in half the bars yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well unless danny has anything else thank you no, very much thank you so much well, thank, you. Man, thank you pleasure good and i think at least some of us are planning to be there on the 19th yep. yeah i would encourage yeah. you to yeah. do that yeah. um because the whole process is sounds very, like fun too very participative process um every time they talk they get they're getting some really good ideas from people people kind of come at it from a lot of different different ways yeah and that's kind of what this is about getting the best of ideas and then Figuring out, um, you know, some small things we can do immediately, um, some things we can, you know, kind of mid-range and then kind yeah. of we're probably a big idea in there as well that we want to try to pull yeah. out. Maybe right. we'll show up as a full Toledo. Uh, <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> We've never done yeah. that yet. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much. We, we yeah. really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the 14th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. We appreciate you listening and we hope to have you next time. Thanks. Bye.